Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. We want to welcome everybody online. Uh, We're glad that you're here with us um, for our service today. Um, If you are trying to um, just find out a little bit more about Big Church, definitely check out bigchurchberry.ca and all the information, different events and things that we have coming up uh, can all be found there. So today what we're going to be talking about is um, serving and what the... What the scriptures emphasize primarily when it comes to serving, because, you know, when we see Jesus Christ, we know that when he went to the cross, he paid that ultimate sacrifice. He served to the highest extent. And so all throughout the scriptures, we find different accounts of things that Christ had, um, was teaching all of the different people that he had interactions with and telling them, all sorts of different types of truths, all sorts of different types of nuggets. And it was like refreshing to each person that was able to receive it. And God was there, and he was spreading good news. And that good news was spreading across all the different types of communities that he interacted with. And so that's what um, Christ did. And so I believe that when we enter into Um, salvation, and we enter into a place where we said, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. How many of you guys know that it's going to count, like, it's, there's a cost associated with that. There's, um, there's a price to be had for what that salvation, uh, means. And so, you know, all throughout the scriptures, Christ was able to lay that foundation. He was able to say, you know, this is what it costs to come after me. This is what it takes. And it is a free gift, but Along with that free gift, Christ wants us to transform our lives. He wants us to become like him. He wants us to actually be renewed. And so that's what we're going to be digging into. And um, part of uh, talking about this topic, I find that sometimes, um, you know, when I bring up, you know, when when we talk about things like serving, you know, I want to just make it clear that, you know, some people, they might be new in their faith and they might not know who Christ really is. And so, you know, this kind of a message I want to emphasize is, is more for those that have been already attuned to, to knowing who Christ is, who's had that revelation, had that heartfelt change and, and knew what that salvation really meant. Because in that type of um, reality is where we actually learn Um, what it means to experience Jesus. And without experiencing who Jesus is, um, we're not able to even comprehend or know what it means to serve other people. And so we see that in John 15, 1 to 17. It says here, it says, I am the true grapevine. So this is Jesus talking. I am the true grapevine, and my my, (laughs) my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. 
and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. <laughs> How many of you guys like being pruned? I know I don't like being pruned, right? But when we get pruned, there's more fruit that, that comes out of our lives through that, right? Um, so you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. So you could see that it's about remaining in him. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is um, severed from the vine. So there's no, there's no context for this message. Everything I'm talking about, if you're separated from Christ. So if you have no understanding of what it means to experience who Jesus is, this whole message is not going to mean anything to you. You're not, the comprehension of what it really means in your heart can't be discovered because we need to discover who Christ is to discover what it means to do this, to actually be a part of that branch. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them um, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as Father has loved you. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy, or sorry, my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Amen. Loving each other, right? That's what it's all about. And so what I'm trying to get at is, you know, when, we're, when there's that severing effect, think about it. It's like a branch. When it's severed from a tree, what happens, right? What happens to that tree? It has no desire anymore to be fruitful. It has no desire to be fruitful, right? It slowly dies, right? So you start seeing a dying effect, a decaying effect that takes place. What other kinds of things do we see when, when we're severed, when there's a severing that happens? It focuses on preserving the only life that it has. It, why? Why is it trying to be so preserving? It is selfish because it's degrading and it will fall apart and wither away. And so what I'm trying to get at here is when we look at the church, when we look at our society, when we look at all of the things that our culture tries to infuse inside of every single person, what is it all about? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? What do we, um, what do we see that comes out of those lives? 
Why do they feel like, you know, when you see a rock star that's all the way up at the top, all of a sudden they just get into some heavy drugs and they can't sustain themselves? You know, I just watched a clip because um, I do, uh, like, a, I'm into, like, a lot of investing and things like that, but, um, but there's, um, there's, you know, like, so there's, there's different people that, um, you know, that are extremely wealthy and, 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 and they, they talk from a place of being severely broken, but more broken than, than a lot of people that aren't having all of the different types of resources that those people have at their disposal. And so what I'm finding is that the more we actually learn what it means to actually know who Christ is, the more that we actually act, uh, peel back the layers of, of what is actually transpiring in a life, and we look at those components of what is coming out, you can see that there's not a lot of life coming from situations where we don't have Christ. It says that you need to remain in what? In loving each other, in serving one another, that we have to remain in Christ, that we have to obey his commandments, that in doing so, that's what will produce that life. That's what that life-bearing situation is. And it says it has you know, like so, like a branch. It, there's no desire to be fruitful. There's no desire to do anything. That branch doesn't do anything. And so I think that even in our own hearts, we can have severances inside of ourselves from who Christ is. And when we have that form of severance on the inside of our hearts, that's when Christ can't establish something where he can have an everlasting um, uh, reign in our hearts and actually do something and produce things inside of us. That's why when you see the early church and you see them going from house to house to house to house to house to house, and they're all excited and they're all, you know, going and, and, and being killed and slaughtered and smiles on their faces and all of this kind of stuff, it's because they had something that was so core to what Christ is, that there's so much life that we do not understand, that as a, a separated branch is separated from his source of life, that you can't comprehend, you can't even figure out what it means to be connected and tied into that. That's a whole different message. We're actually just talking about serving today. <laughs> okay. And how many of you guys know that even sometimes in churches, okay, in churches, we allow people that have no life on the inside of them just because they have some form of talent and they're serving and doing things. But guess what? How many of you guys like fake plants? <laughs> you like staring at fake plants? You know what I'm talking about? When I come into church, when I come into knowing that I'm coming into my father's house, right? Your father's house. When I come into that place, when I come into where Jesus said, I'm going to die for this, I have an expectation and a hope for a freedom and a life that's like no other. That's my expectation. That's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> so, you know, many in the church today, we're all plagued with, you know, there, there's this disease of being fruitless, right? Fruitless. Why? Why does that happen? Well, let's go to another scripture. <laughs> let's journey on, folks. All right, let's go to Mark 4, uh, 1 to 20 here. And it says, 
Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the forms of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the, the seed fell on a footpath. Okay, so like you've seen footpaths, right? So what happens on a footpath? It's pretty hard, right? So some seed fell on a footpath. Uh, um, yeah, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on uh, shallow soil with underlying rock. And so you guys can totally put, picture that, right? So let's say that's over here. Um, you know, the path is right here. Um, and uh, the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wi- uh, wiltered under the, the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns. So let's say this is where the thorns are. That grew up and choked out the tender plants. So they produced no grain. Shoot, there's thorns, right? It's like, where is the seed going to survive? Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they spread. Let's say that's over here. And it grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Woo! Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who uh, were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand. Okay, check this out. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Pay attention to this. The secrets of the kingdom of God. You're, you're able to understand. Think about this for a second. The whole Bible has a lot of reference points about not being able to understand. How many times have you had a conversation with someone and you're just like, man... They don't understand the life that I've got on the inside of me right now. You know? Like, Jesus is, he's, you know, like, he's touching on this stuff. Um, it says, uh, later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve, yeah. Uh, da, 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 um, but um, I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? So this, this is a pretty important parable. It's a starting parable, right? So the farmer plants seed by, talking, uh, by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath, okay, so the footpath right here, right? This footpath represents um, those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. You know? It's like, you know, somebody who's paying attention in school and then they, you know, in, in the class and they're playing a video game while they're listening to the teacher and then they walk out and they're like, I didn't learn anything, right? <laughs> but they're in the class, they just didn't learn anything. Um, it says, yeah. So the seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil, okay, so that's the soil over here, right, represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Woo! Yeah, this is awesome! I love God! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Pump it up, right? And then all of a sudden it says, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
So what are deep roots, right? Um, it's like revelation knowledge of like who Christ is and like having a steadfastness to know that, you know, circumstances don't dictate everything that's going to, you know, happen in my life. Just because, you know, one thing transpires doesn't mean, you know, um, it doesn't mean that I just throw out everything that I've learned, right? And so it's just like somebody like that is just, you know, hearing the word of God, they're all joyful, they're all happy, the message sounds great, everything sounds all exciting, and then all of a sudden it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend my, my time on that anymore. The excitement left, everything exciting about that ended, nah, I'm done, right? And then it says, so, so it says that uh, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Um, the seed that fell among the thorns. Now, this is the part that I, I find the thorns is a big one in North America. Um, but it says, those that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. Crowded out. Meaning that, have you ever heard this? Oh. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to, to spend any time in serving other people. I'm sorry. I'm too busy. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy to come to, uh, to come to small group. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Grandma. I'm too busy. Uh, you don't know. I'm uh, investment, investment, busy, busy. Talk to that guy. Got the work. Got the job. Got the business. Doing the thing. Don't have any time. Sorry. That's it. No time. No time. No time. No time. <laughs> What's Jesus going to say when we, he has a conversation with you? Eh? When we all pass away, what's he going to say? He's going to be like, what happened? What happened? Oh, I got too busy. Oh, you had too many thorns around you. Right. Crowded out. Crowded out. By the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things. So no fruit is produced. Whoa! So you're telling me that I can actually know the Bible, I can actually know the Word of God, but I can be crowded out from actually producing my fruit. Whoo! I don't know if I should be sharing that in church. <laughs> Might scare some people here. Okay, I'm sorry. If I'm going into intense, like I said, you know, this message was a little bit more mature. Okay, if you haven't experienced Jesus, there's grace. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to hurt anybody here. Okay, you need to know who Christ is to even understand what all of this even really means. So just get into a place of of actually discovering that. That's why we do these replenish retreats where there's a place to continually experience Christ. That's why we come to church on Sunday. That's why we worship. That's why we do small groups. That's why we do prayer on Thursdays. You know, that's why we do different types of activities to spend time in fellowship with one another. That's why we can pick up the phone and just hang out or pray with each other on the phone or do anything like that. Because we're learning to do these kinds of things. Amen? And it says, and the seed that fell on good soil... Okay, over here. Here's the good crowd. Those are online. This is the good crowd over here. This is the soil we want to see you in. Everybody here? This is the soil, okay? We're all going over here. Um, it, says, it, says, uh, it says, and the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 
30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Woo! That's exciting! Amen? That's super exciting. So, you know, um, so a lot of times I find that when it comes to serving, that, you know, we could be rooted in the wrong place. We could actually be established in a place where we're not able to produce that fruit because of a lot of those types of things that, that, are, that take place. Um, so we need to make sure that when we're grafted into Christ, that it's Christ and Christ alone, and that we are grafted in to a deep form of soil that will produce fruit that has an everlasting remaining fact, uh, way of, of, of being. Amen? <clears throat> um, just reading my note here. What was I writing here? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So here's the thing: when you have when you have the connection to the to the vine, when you're connected to Christ, okay, this is what what we experience is all of the nourishment that comes up out of the ground, okay? All of the, the stuff that we can't actually make. You're not able to, you, you don't even have, you don't have the DNA to know to make it. So the soil in, in and of itself can only be harvested through Christ himself. As that harvesting comes up through the vine, through Christ, Christ is shooting up this life that comes comes up and through, and what happens is it goes right into your DNA. It goes right into your veins. It goes right into the person that you are. And guess what? When the DNA of Christ, when the life that comes up from the ground, which you do not have any ability to be able to um, fabricate it, you have no ability to be able to make anything transpire that comes and produces the life on the inside of you, when that comes shooting through your veins, let me tell you something, that there is no other thing that you can do but cry out and serve Christ because you know what? When Christ comes into a life, it is like no other. It is like the best of anything you can experience. It's better than uh, a drug. It's better than anything that you could ever experience in your entire life. It's better than any form of success. It's better than any form of money. It's better than any form of life that you can actually, anything you can do on this earth. Having extra time to just relax and spend time just doing absolutely nothing, being on TikTok, whatever it is. You cannot outperform the actual experience that you get through Christ. And when you allow that life to flow through your veins, the only thing that you can actually do is produce life. The only thing that you can do is produce fruit because there's nothing that you can do to stop that because what happens is Christ is now infusing through you that everything just blows through and comes out of you because when you have that much of the life inside of you, you're not preserving things. You're not trying to save you know, for um, all your rations in how you feel on the inside or with your energy. You're not trying to save everything that's going on. Instead, you're getting so infused with Christ that you're able to just get up and go. You're able to just get up and get moving. That's what happens with Christ. That's what you experience when you have the real life of Christ. Amen? 
Amen. All right. Good. So now that we know we are, we're rooted in Christ, now that we know that that's the only way we can actually serve, okay, now let's get into some scriptures on serving. All right, let's continue this journey on. Man, and I'll tell you, the mindset of those that are in Christ is way different than the mindset of people outside of Christ. The, the mindset is so different. The, the culturation of even how you process even how you think through things. Like when people tell me that they get tired or, or they're, they're having a challenge in, in different things, it's just like sometimes things don't process the same way anymore. It's just like, I don't know, I don't comprehend that anymore. I don't know why I actually don't have that same frustration, but I don't. You know what I mean? It's because when Christ comes into your life, it's like a new DNA. It's like a new revitalization that takes place. And it's continual and habitual that just keeps going and going. But we need to be in this soil. We need to be in a really rich soil. You need to put yourself in a rich soil bed. You need to be remaining in a rich soil bed of who Christ is. So Galatians 5, 13 to 14 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But serve one another through love, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you might say to me, well, how does that happen? I've seen it. I've seen it on numerous occasions in lots of different ways. God will produce life in you. You have the opportunity to, at that point, sever your branch from the life that God gave you because all of a sudden you don't want the next source of life that's coming down the pipeline to get funneled through you to start producing a new type of fruit that's coming out of your life that's a bonus fruit, that's going to be a different type of fruit. So instead, what happens, and what I find, especially with this whole choking out experience where we're talking about the thorns, is as soon as Christ gave you what you wanted, as soon as you got your family established, as soon as you got some form of life that you felt was comfortable and, and capable and, and uh, good enough, then all of a sudden you said, I don't want the next thing. I'm not laying down the next sacrifice. And you chop off yourself from the life that could be produced in you. And instead, now what are you doing? You're just preserving the branch that you had grown to be. So all of a sudden now you're still, you might be a bit, bit of a bigger branch, but you've been chopped off because you've decided to not follow after what Christ wanted you to follow after. So now it's a bigger branch that's cut. So we don't want to be a bigger branch that gets cut off. What do we want to do? We want to remain. It's better to even remain, to be a small little sporty sprout on a tree and coming out like that than to be some kind of big, gigantic branch that maybe had fruit one day, but guess what? Decided to get chopped off because they didn't want the life to keep flowing through them, and then they're going to get, what, burned up in the end, right? They're not even going to know who Christ is. They're not even going to experience him for eternity. I don't want to be that. So who cares? We don't draw comparison. We look at trying to produce a fruit. We look at trying to remain in Christ. We look at trying to remain but serving one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor means you've got to think about them. Loving your neighbor means that you have to decide to do something different where you take care of them. 
In Matthew 20, uh, 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when I come in on a Sunday, you know, when you think of like what a servant is, right? What does, it, what does a servant do? What's the, what's the first thing the servant does when he goes and talks to everybody? What's the first thing they do? What does servant people do? They serve. So what, what happens when, when you're a servant? Where, what position do you take? when you're a servant. Out of all the things that go on, what, what position are, are we supposed to take if we're going to be a servant to one another? Whatever's needed, whatever important, whatever lowly position, whatever thing that is, is required of us is the place that we take because it's the least, it could be the, the least honorable thing to do, but guess what? Christ doesn't look at it that way. When you decide to say, hey, you know what? There's so-and-so in the church, and I've got um, a bed for them to sleep on for the night because they, they got evicted. Or, you know, maybe, um, you, know, maybe um, you, know, you know that there's a gap somewhere that needs to be filled, right? There's things that are going on um, in your church body that you're aware of. And so you decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going to fill that gap. Plain and simple. That's what serving is. That's what it means to be that, what Jesus was. He says, I didn't come to be served. He didn't come and say, all right, everyone, check out my cool robe. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm going to share a message. Watch the power. Watch the power. What do we do at North America, right? The church, it's a big show. It's not a show. It's about life. And when life takes place, it's, it's interesting, right? It's alluring. It's exciting. When real life, when Christ life is inside of each one of us and it's infused, it's exciting. It's hard to hide it. It's hard to hide the, um, the joy. It's hard to hide those things because it's, it's part of your DNA now, right? It says, my joy. He says, my joy. So then you have joy, right? You should be happy. We should be happy to serve and do things. We should be happy to just wash each other's feet. Woohoo! Yay! Okay? Like I was, I'm still over here doing this projector thing. I was a young guy, okay? When projectors, okay? Not this kind of projector, overhead projectors. Uh huh. Those young people, look it up. Google it. You'll find out what an overhead projector is. <laughs> All right? And they were doing the worship. And what am I doing, right? I'm bopping along. Right? With that paper. And everybody, they're getting the words. They're getting the words up on the screen. That's right. Back in the old school days. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> You see me complaining? I've been doing this since I was six years old. I've been doing this since, or ten or whatever, I don't know. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> you know? I'm just so exhausted. I don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm doing No. <laughs> I would if I was cut. If I was cut off, from the vine? Oh. <laughs> I'm done, folks. Gone. Right? Because that's what happens. I don't want to serve. Right? I'm a selfish individual. You want to serve? 
Run it over my grandpa, okay? This is, this is an interesting thing, because when I talk to people, some people, they're like, no, um, <laughs> your message didn't even affect me. Just didn't, didn't even penetrate. Wasn't, wasn't powerful enough. Only something super powerful can affect me. It's like, okay, so my grandpa, my grandpa on my, on my mom's side, okay, he's a real, real tradesman, real man's, a man's a man. Like, he was one of those guys, right? Like, he's like, sun up, yeah, sun up to sun down. Favorite job to do was like bricklaying. You know what I mean? Like, he was, you know, and guess what happened? When the life of Christ got in on him. You want to know what happened? He's not just sitting there going like, oh, yeah. you know, like, I'll, you know, chill. And sometimes, you know, like some people would be a bit intimidated and maybe not want to approach him. No. When he got the life of God on the inside of him, he's up there on the drums. He's like, I'm getting into the drums. And then he's at home and he's practicing on the drums. And he's got the life of God on the inside of him. He's not thinking about what he's doing for serving. He's not thinking, he was just wanting to fill in and help out where, and we needed a drummer at the time. And he's just like, I'm excited, and I'm drumming, and I'm doing this, and he's excited about it. Because the life of Christ is on the inside of him. Because no matter who you are, when the life of Christ gets on the inside of you, right? You do stuff. Right, girl? (laughs) I don't know, I think I got that story right, eh? Yeah, there we go. I was there. Um, so then we've got uh, another scripture here. So Jesus was a servant. Okay? So guess what? Guess what? You want to relate with Jesus? You want the life on the inside of you? You know what we got to do? We got to serve because that's what happens. That's what you will do. You will just naturally want to do it, to be honest with you. If you get enough life on the inside of you, that's why we say in our, in our slogan, experiencing Jesus Growing uh, together and serving others. Because in that order, in that context, that life happens. And we don't allow people. Like, when somebody comes up and says, like, even people that are coming into the church, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to serve and do all this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, where are you at with Christ? Because that's what matters. If you don't have something on the inside of you that you're getting from Christ, like, everybody that we have that's serving, even on a Sunday, we do pre-service prayer. That prayer time is more important than what you're doing in your task. Because that prayer time actually is a foundation block for all the stuff that you could possibly do when you're, acti- when you're acting in, in, in what God wants you to do. So we want to re- replicate that, right? We want to keep things healthy. We want to keep things done right. So, you know, so all those things matter. So John 13, 12 to 14, it says, then um, when he had washed their feet. So this is Jesus again, okay? So he's like washing feet. This is, uh, this is the guy who created you and created me and created the whole universe, okay? So I didn't pick the task. I didn't pick doing this as the way it should have happened. It, he's the boss, right? Like he's the one that made it all. So he decides what? He decides to wash feet. He created, he created this kind of reality, right? So he washed the feet. And taking his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are correct, for so I am. So if I, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Wait a minute. I thought he meant that we were supposed to all get up and be very showy 
and be people where, you know, it's all about me, right? It's all about, you know, like whatever area you are, right? Because it's not the same thing for, for each person. Let's say your, your, your talent is music or let's say, you know, like maybe for myself, like, you know, like my talent is being able to be strategic in, in thought, right? So what does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, I what? I can get ensnared as well, just like you can, right? We can all get ensnared in whatever area you you are, like whatever area that you um, that you're, you know, like music was made for the Lord. So a musician, right, can dishonor the Lord by just playing, you know, music that doesn't honor Him and doing things that's contrary to His word, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, I can use my gift towards something. Um, bad, worldly, right? Like I do a lot of, like I was saying, like, you know, like if I'm, you know, studying investing and, and understanding those types of dynamics, what if I just use my gift for a selfishness, right? What if I'm just a selfish individual? Well, what's the benefit of that, right? Me, myself, and that's it, right? And what do I do? I preserve like a little dead branch or a big branch or a medium branch or whatever branch you want to call yourself, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's all getting burned up. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever you are, it, it, it matters that you put yourself in that position that Christ is in. So in the area that I am gifted in, in the area that is needed, not always even gifted, maybe needed, just serve. How hard is it? What's it going to do? You're going to break a toe? Like, we can just serve one another, amen? And so that's what the church is all about. And so when we do that, well, there's so much life on the inside of us. And so another scripture verse here says, Matthew 23, 11, it says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Huh? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the TV evangelist guy. I thought that was the greatest among us, right? I thought the greatest among us was uh, our government, right? <laughs> I thought the greatest among us was, you know, the most talented individual, the one that has the most, the most uh, gifts in the gifts of arts and performance, right? I thought that was the most important. I thought that was the greatest person next to Jesus. First we have Jesus, then we've got, no, you have Jesus, who's the ultimate servant, and then it says that the greatest among you shall be your servant. My question to your soul is, whose servant are you? That's my question for your soul. Whose servant are you? So Philippians 2, 1 to 7 says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness 
or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bond servant and being born in the likeness of man. Remember what it's about. Amen? This is Christ. I am comfortable letting him be my lead. Not another person. Letting him be my lead. <clears throat> right? Many people think that they need to be a leader. Or at the front. Right? To get that great fruit in your life. Right? What job does that servant take? If God himself came as a man and didn't even hold his godhood, but became as humble as a man and decided to be a bondservant, okay? It's like you may never be seen publicly. Think about this. You may never be seen publicly, but the Lord is the one that you are ultimately serving. Do not be first. Do not build your own kingdom. Serve one another in love and only build the kingdom that Jesus started because he is the ultimate servant of all and cares for every one of us and how, he, how we fit into his kingdom in heaven. You have a holy place in the kingdom of heaven that only Christ has an identification of what that is, not any person. So when you say that I'm laying down whatever that is, whatever that ambition might be, and you say, I just want Christ, and I want to serve that kingdom, that kingdom looks a whole lot different. And the way that Christ will interact with you when you go and meet him face to face, which we all will, he will have a wonderful interaction with you if you remain in him and you do his commandments and you obey and, and serve others and love other people. If you do those things, that's what you will come into contact with. You will be able to identify and have a wonderful relationship with your Heavenly Father. So let's just, let's just all uh, just stand up. Can we get someone on, the, on the, um, like the worship team to come up? God, we just, uh, we just thank you and just praise you. God, we just pray over everybody watching online right now. God, we just pray that you would just um, reach into their heart, Lord God, and show them what a servant really is about. God, those that may be watching that may not even know 
what it is that we're even talking about here. God, I pray that you would just come in and experience them, Lord God. That your presence would just reign over them, Lord God. That you would show yourself to them, Lord God. And that they would come to know a Savior, the one that came and paid the ultimate price, Lord God, to give us the true freedom, the true freedom of heaven, to come into, um, Lord God, to your kingdom, Lord God, to come into your church, Lord God, and to just be with brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray that they would just uh, they would just come to know that. We just pray for everyone here, Lord God. If anybody's not experienced Christ, if that's you, if you are somebody here that hasn't really fully experienced Christ, if maybe you've got saved, maybe you've never, you've never felt like... Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.